Ladies and gentlemen, federal employees, it is great to spend some time with you today. And today we're gonna to be talking about your annual leave, your sick leave, and some of the things you need to know about what's going to happen to it at retirement, some of the strategies to think about when maybe deciding which one to use, which one to keep, and the different things that you definitely need to know leading up to retirement. So on the YouTube channel, I am going to share my screen. And one quick tip, especially for you podcasters and any of you that want to go and look at the article after you maybe you watch a video or listen to a podcast, if you go to my website at hawsfederaladvisors.com, you go to the top menu and there is a button called blog. If you go there, then you can, if you click it, then it'll ha put a list of all the different articles, videos, podcasts that I have out there over the last years, and there's hundreds of them, there's lots of them. But then you can search that page with Control F, at least on Windows, Control F, and you can find all the different topics and things that I have, right? You could search the articles just like that. So that is a great place to start looking for different articles that I've written on different topics, and we'll go from there. But again, today is on annual leave and sick leave, and we're gonna start off with annual leave. So. Annual leave is the most popular of the two different types of leave, right? There's sick leave and there's annual leave. Annual leave, if you have any on the books when you retire, then the government was gonna cut you a check. They're gonna pay you a lump sum payment for anything that you have left over. And basically how the numbers work is they're gonna pay you as if you had worked as much, as, as much annual leave as you had, right? So for example, Let's say you have a month's worth of annual leave. If that's the case, then they're gonna give you a month's worth of what you would have been paid if you would have worked out that month. So even if there was going to be, let's say, a across the board pay increase, right? You would receive that in the, the lump sum. Let's say you retire in December and there would have been one in January where you're gonna get at least a piece of that, right? Because it, it kind of projects into the future. What would you have had um, if you would have stayed on and worked during that time? And there's different types of pay that are and aren't included, but most are included, right? Basic pay, locality pay, um, even if you have, let's say, regularly scheduled overtime, that would be included in this, right? Uh, but let's do a very, very simple example. So let's say that your hourly rate is $50. Now let's say your situation is very simple, there's no overtime, there's no post allowances, there's none of that. Let's say you get paid about 50 bucks an hour, right? And let's say you have 100 hours of annual leave. Well, a quick just, you know, down and dirty estimate of what this would be is just 50 times 100, right? And that is $5,000. So in this case, your annual leave payout would be five grand. It would be five grand, right? And so you, as you can probably see, the more annual leave you accumulate coming up to retirement, the more your annual leave payout's gonna be. And you can see if people have hundreds of hours of annual leave saved up come retirement, then this annual leave payout can be big. It can be tens of thousands of dollars depending on how much you save. And one big question I do get quite often is, okay, let's say of course you get this lump sum payment, it's great, but what if you actually get another job with the federal government after you retire or leave service and after you get this annual payment? Well, guess what? You are actually gonna have to return that payment, you have to pay it back, right? So if you're considering to potentially take another federal position, then you wanna make sure not to spend this payment, this this an, this annual leave um, amount that you get paid, because of course you're gonna have to pay it back, 
right? So that is the big things to know about your annual leave. And as you can see, this is why many people like to retire at the end of the year because only so much of your annual leave is gonna go to the next year. And so people wanna maximize that and retire right in December to maximize that. That's kind of one reason there. Next, sick leave. And this is talked about way less than annual leave, but it's so crucial that you know how it works. So basically sick leave, adds to your credible service when it comes down to calculating your pension, right? So for those that aren't familiar, your pension is calculated by taking your years of service, you times that by your high three salary, basically the average of the top top, top three earning years of your career, and you times that by your multiplier and as a FERS employee, not special provisions, that's gonna be around 1%. Um, most of the time. Sometimes it's 1.1, depending on the situation. We'll touch on that briefly. So base, basically, any sick leave that you have on the books can increase your years of credible service for your pension calculation, okay? And so the next question is, okay, how much does it increase it by? And the easiest way to figure this out is there's a chart. If you just Google, you say, okay, um, unused sick leave, conversion table, right? It'll pop right up. Or I guess, again, on my website, uh, on this article, I have it in there. But uh, there's a chart that says, okay, for this amount of hours of sick leave, then this is worth how many months and days of credible service. So let's say, looking at the chart here, let's say you have 557 hours of sick leave saved up at, at retirement time, right? Well, in that case, you'd have three months and six days worth of credible service that will be added into your pension calculation. So long short story short, there is for a full year, it's about 2,087 hours for a full year of sick leave, right? So if you had about 2,087 hours of sick leave saved up, that would be a year's worth of increased pension that you can get. So let's go through a quick example here of what this might mean for you. Okay, so let's assume that just as a very, very simple example, let's say your high three is 100 grand, right? So in the last three years of your career, you were paid about $100,000 on average, right? And then let's say your multiplier is 1%, and let's say you have 15 years of service. So if you times those all together, that's $15,000 that you'd have as a gross annual pension. That's how much you'd receive every year in the pension, right? Um, gross, before anything comes out, gross. So, but let's say you have one year's worth of sick leave. If you did, and you retired, then that would increase your pension, right? So instead of 15 years of service, now you got 16 years of service, assuming you're already eligible to retire, right? Then that would increase your pension by $1,000 every year. Because of $15,000 every year, you'd get 16,000. That's kind of a rough estimation uh, for an example of what this might do for you. So obviously if your high three is bigger, if you have more years of service, the numbers are gonna look different for sure if your multiplier is different, but uh, that's a rough example of what it can do. And the perk of this, of sick leave, is that increase is for the rest of your life, right? And any cost of living adjustments, any increases you get to your pension is based on the larger amount, right? And so is it? it's really not as, I guess, cool and liked as the annual leave because you get a big lump sum right at once, but over the course of time, it can really add up right? Is it as valuable as annual leave right there? Nah, maybe not, but it still is valuable. And I'm going to talk about one more important thing that really can make a big difference. And that is, can you use sick leave to qualify for that 1.1% multiplier that you can get if you, have, if you are age 62 and have 20 years of service? 
So if you haven't heard about that before, basically if you retire at age 62 or later and you have at least 20 years of service, your pension will get a 10% bonus, right? And again, this does not apply for special provisions employees, unfortunately, right? I wish it did. But if you are eligible for a special provisions retirement with the 1.7% bonus, then you can't get this 10% bonus, okay? It doesn't apply to you. But for you regular folks, you regular FERS, this does apply to you. So the question is, hey, can this sick leave pop me over the amount that you need to be eligible for this 1.1% multiplier, right? To get that 10% bonus to your pension, right? And the, the answer is yes, sometimes, sometimes. So as long as you're older than 62 or 62 or older, right? And let's say you have 19 years of service and six months, right? So 19, 19 years and six months worth of service. And let's say you have six, month, six months worth of sick leave. If that is the case, then you actually would be eligible for the 1.1% multiplier, right? That's a great news. Now, if you're under 62, if you're not quite 62, there's nothing that sick leave can do to make you eligible for that 1.1% multiplier. But as long as you are over 62 and with your sick leave, you have at least 20 years of service, then you're good to go. Then you're good to go, right? Now, two last points on sick leave before we wrap up here. First, your sick leave cannot make you eligible to retire. Right? We've talked about some of the rules that you have to be eligible to retire based on how many years of service you have and what age you are. Right? And there's different rules for special provisions. Like, it, like for example, if you are age 50 and at 20 years and your special provisions FERS, then um, you're eligible to retire. Right? Or on the normal FERS side, then you have to meet your minimum retirement age to have at least 30 years or you have to have 20 years at age 60 or five years at 62. And these are the, the times where you would be eligible for an immediate retirement right away, right? Boom. Okay. So if you don't meet one of those criteria, sick leave is not going to help you be eligible to retire. That's not what sick leave is. But if you're already eligible to retire, then sick leave can come in and increase your pension. Now, one last thing to note before we wrap up here is that when OPM is calculating your pension, they only look at years and months. They don't look at any extra days that you have. So let's say you have 20 years, six months, and five days worth of service. Those extra five days after the six months fall off. They don't help you at all when it comes to your pension, right? They don't. Um, but let's say you have 25 days of sick leave, right? And if you had those on the books when you retired, then that would come in, make a full month for your pension, pension calculations, and that would increase your pension. So the one thing you have to note is, okay, when I add both up my, my regular service, right, plus my sick leave, how many extra days do I have that are just gonna fall off? And how can I get it as close to 30 days, which is a full month for OPM, as possible? So that's, that's one thing to keep in mind as well. So. I hope that was helpful. If you have any questions, just let me know in the comments below on the YouTube channel. Definitely, definitely, definitely um, go to my website, check out this article. It always helps to read through it, to see the visuals, to see the chart, so you know how this is gonna work out for you. And again, if you have any questions, there's a link in the description below where you can submit, submit those to me, where you can say, hey, this is a topic I wanna learn more about, and I'd be happy to look at those. And definitely, I always pick the ones that are most relevant for you guys to make a new video on in the future. So have an incredible rest of your day. I'll see you guys next time.